Something came from Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Something came from Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. I'm your host, Tom Gowker. And in this episode, I don't have to waste too much gas. I only have to travel 20 miles to chat with DC native BJ Simmons. BJ Simmons just released a blender mix of music called We Wear the Mask. It is one of those records that you'll be passing around to your friends for years. We recorded this interview at 5 p.m. on New Year's Eve. It's a good way to get rid of 2020 and start anew. Let's be grateful for 2021. Before we start this interview, let's listen to the song Space. Simmons, welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Now, I'm going to tell you why I really like this album. Uh, I know what this album is. If you can remember when you were a kid and your older brother was jamming out with something and you knew that it was a little too adult-like for you, like you weren't ready for it, this is this album. I kind of look at it as it's a throwback to maybe like a Mandrell album or even a Hugh Masekela album. Wow. Well, I mean, if you're talking about Hugh Masekela, that means I'm in a good company for sure. I mean, it. I, I feel like it's definitely a feel-good record. I mean, it's, it, it, it comes from a, a real place. Like, it's kind of gritty. It's funky. You know, it's, it's a lot of different things. So the fact that you, you know, kind of referenced me to Hugh Masekela, that's a, that's a great honor. I have a question for, about you in D.C. Are you born and raised there? I was born and raised in D.C. That's right. Um, you have to ask that question, are you born and raised? Because you know people just come in and rummage around. They're there for a couple years, four to eight years, kind of suck out the essence of the city. There's a difference between like what a D.C. native is versus someone who lives in D.C. Right. Well, because, you know, that's the thing. It's like there's the culture. You can't get past the culture. You know, you can't get past... It's a feeling, it's a vibe that D.C. natives know that people who just come in and out have no idea. You have senators, you have all these people who serve in Congress and presidents, and they come in, they they even stay for a little while, and then they head out. Some of them stay. Um, but there's a feeling that you cannot did not deny that it's still a part, the essence of D.C. and what it means to be from D.C. I want to talk about the album cover. I find it to be one of the best album covers I've seen in a really long time. Can you explain to them what, what the album cover looks like? You know, the thing is, I'm connecting directly to um, this year, you know, 2020, we wear the mask. So the first thing I was thinking about, man, what kind of mask 
um, can I find? And so I found the biggest mask and a, a mask that represents uh, my lineage. We wear the mask. It's a, it's a, the album cover. You, you, when you look at it, it is very striking. I would say a lot of people uh, compliment the, uh, the album cover. I think, uh, but you know, we wear the mask. You know, means a lot of different things, and the music kind of explains what the mask is too, in some in some way. I don't know if you kind of got that. Oh yeah, well, it, it seems like it would be more of like a protest album where we wear the mask. You're coming from D.C., where I mean, more than any place in America, that was a hot spot. You know how we were living our life, how our government was running, and it's also you know it goes back into that Paul Lawrence Dunbar. Uh, poetry was that connected to it also absolutely i mean you know the thing is if you really think about masks so many different meanings but i mean for me in the past Lawrence dunbar poem i mean i'll be honest with you you know um something happened to me when i saw uh george floyd uh on the ground and the, uh, the cop was on his neck um so that did something to me and um i just start to really get into a whole nother vibe because uh, I had actually two other albums I was working on but this one just took precedence it, it was something that hit me immediately and so um, in terms of the mask you know um, being a African American male you know we have to wear different faces and, and and hide our feelings our true feelings in fact many times um, based on you know what's happening in the world and what's happening in our communities and so um and a lot of people wear different masks. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people hide who they, um, you know, hide who they are and have to be something else just to uh, appease other people. Now, we wear the mask in general. It's a really eloquent poem from 1896. And it's basically saying that, you know, through the, the pain and anguish we're going through, we can't show it on our face. Our mask is our smile or our indifference to the pain that's going on. That's hard to swallow. <laughs> and and yeah. and you're going back to George Floyd and, and and I'm saying we're still there's still being lynched. They're still being it's still very public and it's still like on display like that and it nothing has changed. You still have to kind of wear that mask and smile and just grin and bear it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh I was going to tell you uh I was thinking about what you were saying before and um, back back to the mask, um, um, you know, I'm just thinking about how, you know, uh, especially with uh, Black Americans, uh, Black American music is like one of the biggest exports in the world. It's, uh, uh, and I mean, like, you know, jazz, the contribution of blues, the contribution of, uh, you know, ragtime. Uh, I mean, I mean, basically the blues is the foundation for all American music. Uh, yet, uh, you know, these artists who were producing this beautiful music uh, were still having to wear a mask every time they performed because they had to go through the back and through the kitchen, you know, to uh, go and perform uh, for all white audience. So that's wearing a mask. And so it's, it's like, it's just so many different uh, feelings, you know, um, that I have in, re in regards to, you know, and there was no other way I could, uh, capture that, you know, than through this music with my with my other friends and brothers who uh, perform so eloquently on this project. We're gonna play that song. We wear the mask, and in my opinion, it's uh, it's a, an important song. 
and uh, I hope it, it gets the airplay it deserves here. This uh, version of uh, Inner Urge by Joe Henderson is really kind of loose. It has a really great drum and bass on it. Uh, what's your reasoning for playing the Joe Henderson? What's your thought about Joe Henderson? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Joe Henderson is uh, honestly uh, one of my favorite tenor players. Just, I mean, just his, uh, his sound, his tone, um, his approach, his melodic uh, ideas. It's just so like in the pocket, but it's also like it's. It, I would say in the pocket and cerebral at the same time. Like it's like it's like groovy. He's like really grooving, you know. Um, when you really listen to his lines and his phrasing, but I really uh, dig Joe Henderson and that tune, Inner Urge. It always spoke to me. Like really like listening to it. Just you know the movements of the uh, the chords. Uh, you know how it, the sections, but just you know the the for for our version. Um, the clave feel, you know, it's in a different time signature, so it's almost like it's telling a different story to a, a, to the original. I mean, the original, we can't beat the original. I mean, I, in my opinion, we'll never play better than the original, uh, you know, Blue Note recording. You know, it's, it's it, but it, it's our story. It's a different story. It's a different take on it. It's like if if Inner Urge would, would go, you know, to the to the other side of town, you know, where, they, where people don't go. So clave is like a different tempo and also a more 
uh, percussive. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, the clave is uh, is um, the like it's like the it comes from uh, Latin rhythm. Well, actually, clave is originally African, but it's uh, it's about like the subdivision of how you divide an odd meter. <laughs> I'm not sure, you know. If you're listening to audience, we'll catch that. If it's musicians, they probably will. song i'd like to talk about is is you got a charles mingus song on there what's your just take on him you're, you're doing the goodbye pork pie hat which is a classic i love mingus and do you feel that uh in general that he had a like mental illness wow well i wouldn't um i, I the musicians you know struggle with uh different things and it's just like it's hard for people who don't go into that dimension to uh, to understand musicians and artists so I'm not, I wouldn't say, I, I mean, you know, he him having a mental illness, um, but maybe, uh, maybe uh, a historian might have divulged that. Did you hear that somewhere or? No, you just look at his behavior. I have a copy of the underdog video. He's shooting a gun in his bedroom. He gets evicted. He's running around taking pictures of people and becoming a photographer and the drugs were better then. I, you know, this is my take on him is that, <laughs> is that, you, you know, their diagnosis of mental illness was not the way it is now. And the, the medicine's not there. However, his ability to maybe see things and feel things are different than, than normal people are ex- exaggerated in his music that the, it's fantastic. I mean, it's him and uh, Monk and, and Mingus, I'd say, are both would be diagnosed with something. They'd be on some kind of meds right now. However, that may take away from the genius of what they were, and they were super, super geniuses. Oh, yeah, man. Well, so, like, the thing is, like, and that, but that speaks to, like, you know, the, the colors of, you know, the music and the art. It's like, you got, you know, these people, like, you know, Thelonious Monk, I mean, it's just... If you think about these compositions and what they wrote, you know, I mean, this is just genius. It's like almost like looking at Romare Bearden or looking at Basquiat. You know, I would, I mean, like for me, you might, somebody say that Basquiat was crazy. I don't know, but um, I don't know. I think it's just different, different colors, different shapes in their music. And it count, and it, you know, if you, if you really spend enough time, in that in in that uh, in that realm of thinking, you know, something is liable to come out that may seem strange to, oh, <laughs> to cool. other people. That's a, an incentive to people if they want to 
if they want to be left of center or they want to expand their brain, they need to get an instrument and start working on it. SOS is from your uh, previous album. Uh, it was the the lead off of um, acronyms that came out in 2014. Is that right? That's right. That's okay. right. Yep. Well, you know, if you you think about you know SOS as um, you know being being like a, a a smoke signal in some kind of way, it's interesting. In 2014 and 2013, you know, they, I don't I don't recall there being, you know, you're talking you're talking about an Obama era. Time, a time in the Obama era, you know. So that's when that music was written. So, um, but it's interesting how the SOS kind of still carried over to, you know, being a distress signal, you know, a call for help. Um, and, and, and in fact, you know, I meditated on Let's Every Voice and Sing for some time playing that music. I played, as a composer, I learned how to play piano kind of <laughs> just, uh, just a little bit. And uh, but uh learned that tune. I just sat down and looked at it, and I just, I don't know, I kind of meditated on that. If you kind of listen to SOS, it's kind of like Lift Every Voice and Sing 2020. You know, I don't want to boost myself like that. But, you know, but I kind of, if I were if I were talking about this music uh, and I didn't write it, I would probably say that too. And, and other people have kind of like caught that vibe that it comes from that vibe because of, because of, the, because of the time signature that it's in, because of that meter. That three, four meter, you know, um, or six, eight, sometimes how we kind of like hear it, it's different. But um, so, yeah, that's what SOS means. Almost like a, a, a call for help. I'm going to have to listen to that again. At the the new version that you have, the first couple bars to me almost sound like Aaliyah's Rock the Boat. It's It has that kind of mm-hmm. tempo and the percussion yeah. is just it puts you in a funk groove. And I was like, this is Aaliyah. <laughs> this feels like Aaliyah. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting you say that. I'm very much, uh, even though I, I love jazz, I'm very much a child of hip hop, the era I grew up, you know, 1980. So so I still have a lot of, you know, the 90s, which is classic hip hop, R&B. But I mean, I, a lot, so many things come out in this music.
What I like about the album is kind of you wrap it up with brighter moments ahead. So, you know, you're looking at the future of this world and you're like, okay, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to have some bright moments. This song to me is kind of a combination of what your whole album's about. There's a interplay between the trumpet player and you, like kind of going back and forth at it. That piece uh, was, I, I got permission from one of my big brothers, uh, Bruce Williams, who wrote Brighter Moments Ahead. So he's the, he's the uh, composer of that piece. Yeah, Brighter Moments Ahead, I mean, you know, for me as a, because I'm also a film composer, the, the uh, you know, you know, if you look at American films, right, like, then most of them have like happy endings. But if you look at films across the world, you know, there's no happy ending. It's like, te- like terror throughout the whole movie. It is, you know, but this is, uh, you know, if you look at the happy ending, you kind of want to give a happy ending to the story because, you know, you can't stay in that place. And that's kind of what I get from the blues, really. That's what the blues is. It's interesting that the blues is sad and happy, but for some reason, there's a solution that comes out of the blues. And just like, you know, out of the blues comes, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, even modern in modern American music is a happy ending typically in most music. So I feel like Brighter Moments Ahead is still the happy ending, but it still takes you there in that in melancholic state. And that's kind of how I took it, too. It's like you're not making some grand promises that, you know, we turn the corner. We're doing actually this interview for people on New Year's Eve and everyone in our everyone is saying, OK, next year it's got to be better. <laughs> it's like it has to be better or else. So this uh, last song on this album is saying it's going to get better, it's, but it's not going to be perfect. So just yeah. be, be, just be aware of that. So. Yeah, man. Also, man, you know what? Happy New Year, man. <laughs> yeah, how about that?
if there if there's nothing else, man, if there's nothing else, I don't want to say that the ship is going down like that. I don't want to like doom and gloom anybody who's listening, but I'm just saying I'm gonna be constantly pushing my true feelings out into the world, and hopefully it helps somebody. So you're saying you're gonna play? You're gonna keep on playing? Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, always. Yeah. I'm. A, I mean, hopefully I'll be playing until I die. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm 40 now. Um, my grandmother, who's 86, who's my inspiration, she played until she died. She was uh, a pianist, and she sang, and she played all the way until then. And and so did my grandfather. So I'm gonna do that. But uh, you know, the album is is fantastic. The album cover is a work of art. I I wish they would give out. You know, awards for album covers. I don't know if they do that anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a stamp on on what's going on in our world. It, it has uh, historic significance, and it, you know, we wear the mask. That's it. But yeah, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, if you um, thank you for 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 listening to the music and and bringing me on because it just makes me feel great to know that somebody's checking out the music oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. thank that's, you so much that's what i'm saying like i have a feeling that it's going to turn people on up to like five ten years from now they're going to be picking this up and going oh wow bj simmons uh the album is called we wear the mask and i thank you so much for talking to me today on something came from baltimore thank you thomas thank you for having me enjoyed listening to cuts from the album we wear the mask and we were able to chat with the creator of the album bj simmons if you like something came from baltimore please subscribe to the podcast we found each other and i don't want to lose you it's important that music fans find each other and i'm asking you to pass on this podcast link to five of your music friends ask them to be a part of the be more music scene and Something Came From Baltimore is everywhere that podcasts are, except Spotify, because we play music here.